Welcome to Regold's Dance Life Podcast for dance teachers and dance studio owners who have a passion for the art of dance. Hello and welcome to another episode of Regold's Dance Life Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. My name is Stacey Morgan and I'm your co-host on this podcast adventure. Today's episode features a fabulous conversation that Re had with Greg Russell, fabulous tap dancing Greg Russell, as part of a Facebook Live for IDEA members. Greg is an Emmy-nominated choreographer. He's worked with Bette Midler, Gene Kelly, the Nicholas Brothers, Michael Jackson, Gregory Hines. The list goes on. He has a wealth of knowledge to share, and he is an awesome teacher if you get the chance to get in the studio with him. I know he has so much knowledge to impart, and this conversation with Ree is really going to get you fired up about teaching tap. Enjoy. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. Um, Hanging out with Greg Russell who uh, is here at the beautiful retreat center doing a tap intensive for teachers. And I wanted to take this opportunity to uh, sit down, talk about tap, talk about the dance world and kind of hang out. Sounds good. I can do that. (laughs) So tell our uh, members about how you started in dance and where you come from. Um, Actually, it came from a small town in Worcester, Ohio. It was very much a farm town and my mom taught dance and so, but this was a town where uh, like a four or five year old kid could run around town and not get in trouble or anything. You know, people take care and be like, oh, let's get him a sandwich. And (laughs) my dad would come in at the end of the week and pay the bill, so to speak. And uh, so it was one of those things, but, but uh, I was kind of like maybe you a little bit. I was a studio rat. Like I was, yeah, I was, was around a studio it. rat. Yeah, yeah. So. so I'd always just be running around. But for some reason, uh, whenever tap classes were going, those were the ones that always I would just sit down and watch. And uh, so uh, my mom noticed I had interest in that because that was the only time I would pay attention. <laughs> so uh, thanks, mom. And uh, so she enrolled me in class. And uh, it was funny because this was back in the day where it was a bit more structured, where you only learn a certain amount of steps each year, and it grows and progresses. Mm-hmm. And uh, one day I did a bad thing where I came in and I, I showed, my mom was my teacher. She chose, she didn't want to be my teacher, but I showed her, I showed my teacher at the time a step that the advanced class did and I got in trouble because then they thought my mom was teaching me a bunch of stuff on, on her own and she was like, did not know we could do that stuff like that. So really? that's when she really was like, oh, okay. So she kept me around it and she just told me not to do the steps at the studio, but you know, just keep but practicing. But you were learning them secretly anyway. Yeah, because I would always watch class and then just be like, oh, and then, you know, just I think over time just started formulating. But uh, yeah, and then so all I did was tap and then I did sports and I learned how to break dance, which I mean, like nowadays you go to classes and learn and mine was just watch people, watch television, do whatever you can. There was no classes for breakdancing. <laughs> what were your sports? Uh, my, my favorite sports is, uh, I love soccer, but I loved uh, like track and field and cross country. I was a runner. So I did that, I did long distance, so. <laughs> you also took ballet, jazz. Oh yeah, well eventually, that was. A, it's funny that you mentioned that, is that um, all I did is up to like 10 or 11, is I was around it, like my mom like would negotiate, like one time she wanted me to do the jazz dance for a recital because she wanted a boy, and so I said only if I can negotiate a solo in the middle of it, <laughs> so. And did that work? Oh yeah, it was. it's, it's on video somewhere, it's, it, was the, it was a lot of batmas and hip gyrations, that's about all I know, <laughs> so, but she let me do it, but I, I, I guess legally started taking when I was like 12 or 13 because. Uh, I realized I was good at long distance running, but I was a lot better at dance. So I really? came home one day and I was like, Mom, I want to do it. I want to do everything. And of course, she was like, at that time, she had just getting ready to open up her own studio. And so she was 
course, on board with that. And I was lucky. My brother also danced. He's older. So he was a good mentor to have, like somebody who I could look up to. And he was very more ballet and jazz oriented. So mm-hmm. I think I remember your brother and I remember you as a kid in American Dance Awards. Yeah, 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 yeah. So... <laughs> um, what what's it like? I mean, I could answer this question, but I want to hear your answer. What's it like growing up uh, with a mom that's also your dance teacher? You know, it's it's I, she did end up teaching me like ballet and things like that. And, you know, there was there's always that tiff. There's always that argument, you know, where, you know, I kind of knew her her little tricks sometimes. But she also knew when I was acting up. But uh, um, for the most part, I think the hardest thing was is uh um, it wasn't that she put more pressure. I was actually, I naturally put pressure on myself, and I think that was partly because of sports. By that time, especially in tap, I had kind of exceeded what she could give me. So, But she was also very great at opening up doors for me and introducing me to Judy Bassing and Debbie Dees and, you know, like, right. and, and, your, and, and your mom, you know, that's some piece and stuff. So just, you know, and Henry Letang, that was the main one that really just... So mm-hmm. Henry Letang, you say? Is... Yeah, uh, Henry Letang, Judy Bassing, Henry Letang, and Debbie D. I mean, there have been so many amazing influences in my life, don't get me wrong, and I don't want to offend anybody, but those were the three that particularly, like, really... Uh, the best way I say it, Judy Bassing, I'll never forget, I, I saved up my money to do a private with her, and I guess she didn't do a lot of privates at the time, and so I, gave, I did this, and so she taught me a step, and I did it across the floor, a little, like, eight-count combo, and she goes, great, and I go, I think I got it, and, you know, a little smug teenager, and she goes, okay, great, add a heel, and I'm like, where, and she goes, I don't care, add a heel, and then I was like, so I'd work on it, I'd come back, and then she goes, okay, now add a pullback. Know how to tell, and she would never tell me what to do. She would just give me the challenge to do it. And even to this day, like when you saw there, it's like this is how you add stuff to it and structure. Like she really helped me there. Um, uh, Debbie was just great, especially with Dance Olympus when I was mentioned there. She really molded me into. I, I loved watching her teach on a convention level tap, like how how she was very like legit like she was a a hoofer a female hoofer who could also break it down to an eight-year-old like it was incredible how she did that and her feet are a skill yeah and her feet were some of the best you know i'd seen at the time you know and then uh, henry i mean he just he opened up doors for me just in he taught me the the different world not the competition world he taught me the tap world and uh, he got me excited to do a shuffle and uh one of the biggest compliments was when i uh did a private with him once. He he literally he just uh, he started laughing and he goes, "You remind me of another Gregory I used to work with." And I was like, "Uh oh." And he goes, "No." He goes, "I always used to enjoy working, you know." And he goes, "This is a lot of fun." And we would make up stuff. He would we would make up combos and things like that. And I'd have a chance to assist him. The only time he ever got mad at me if I didn't bring iced coffee. That was about it. Really? <laughs> yeah. You were the iced coffee boy. Yeah. I had to bring one every time. So. <laughs> so not a bad deal. Not a bad. I got it. <laughs> So, um, what do you think of where TAP is today? I mean, it's a, it's a broad question, but personally, I think it's in a great space. I think, um, uh, you know, a lot of people, it's weird. A lot of people are like, oh, TAP's a dying art form, TAP's a dying art form. And I kind of disagree with that because it's, first of all, it's still here. So, you know, like, and secondly, it's like, there's so many other things to choose from nowadays, like even styles of dance. Like it, it, there's so much more, like uh, I even posted something like on my Facebook page where it's a breaker working with a contemporary dancer, but they're doing the same thing practically, you know, and they're matching each other and evolving. And like, like 
it's the same, but how I they just, come. I saw it. Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? Yeah, and, and, it and, sure and, is. and it's so complementary of each other, and and so I feel like dance is such a hybrid of many. It's it's just only going to create more and more venues. So of course, tap is not going to just be the most popular thing. You know what I mean? Like that's how I look at it. But it had it has taken us a while, I think, you know, as a community, to evolve into different styles of tap as opposed to... That's what I was going to yeah, say. So the, within TAP, right. well, forget that there's other styles. Yeah. Within TAP, there are various approaches, yeah. styles. Yes, and I think I think for a while, and of course I'm generalizing a little bit because you know, there were people that weren't doing this, but I think for a long time the younger generation uh, weren't paying the due respect to the older generation. And then, so because of that, the older generation was not opened up to the new generation and the new way of doing things. And so for a while, I think there were a lot of headbutting, but now there's been some great like young people like Melinda Sullivan and Sarah Reich and you know Chloe you know as females you know really opened up the doors and Jay Sam and you know Derek Grant and Jason Janis all these like younger amazing hoofers and tappers that always pay their respects and dues and even bring them into class and bring them into you know things and show them stuff and so it makes them feel like they are getting the due that they're of course respected and then in return now they're getting the validation you know from those the older cats to go hey watch what he's doing watch what she's doing the syncopated ladies and all that and of course there's preference you know i always say if you have an opinion about what you just saw then you then then it affected you you know and so i think we're getting to that point now there's so many different grooves and styles so good answer thanks <laughs> um a lot of our members uh teach tap Mm -hmm. uh, some of them would like to teach tap and uh, have less interest. They have more interest in contemporary and oh, yeah. some mm -hmm. of the newer things. What What's some tips for teachers on not only getting kids interested in the first place, but keeping them interested when it comes to tap? Um, I think I mentioned a little bit earlier today is that uh, I think for the longest time, uh, well, first of all, tap was like what? you know, hip hop was, it was a street dance and, you know, it was, so there was no structure. And then, you know, people like Al Gilbert and other, you know, Fred Kelly and things brought it into the studio, you know, as a structure, but they structured it a lot like ballet, you know? And so, but that was what necessary because a lot of times that would be the only thing you go to teach, you know, take it studios was ballet or ballroom or, you know, something like that. And so I felt like they, they structured it a lot. And then over time, I feel like, uh, and I'm not saying the structure's not good, especially for little kids, because I think they do need that structure. But I think over time, just like anything, it needs a revamping. It needs a, a little bit of a rehaul to it so that it can change with each generation as it goes. And I, and I feel like for a while, maybe that wasn't occurring. But now I, I say, if you want to do that, um, I was just saying to them, I'm long-winded here, but uh, create an outline, you know, and within that outline, there's what happens happens within each group. You know, I've had a, a group of 10 kids that they, they excel so much in one year and then have a group of 10 kids that not so much, you right. know, and, and, but I still have the same structure and the base of what I want to do, but then it opens them up to like the, the kids that weren't as good were the more rhythmic artistic kids. They could just throw it and they, they were, you know, that stomp kind of trash can feel, you know, where these kids, they, they did like a little more classical tap thing. And, you know, and I was able to do both with two, you know, supposedly the same level, but I worked on that a little bit more and it helps, it helps them evolve like without, you know, saying, do this, do this, do this, you know? And so, I don't know, it's, it's still, it's hard because I feel like you, sometimes as we want to find that the exact answer <laughs> like yeah. i want the one answer that's just going to work for everything and 
And as I said earlier today, we're working with artists. We're working with kids that are working in artistry. So, you know, I can teach you how to paint. You can, I can teach that person how to paint. And you paint two totally different ways. Absolutely. You know, but you have to have the same base levels. And I think that, so that's kind of how I would approach it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, what's the hardest part about tap dance today for you to watch? Um, hmm, the hardest part. I think, um, and this is just a personal preference, uh, I enjoy tap dancers. And I think sometimes, uh, well actually, I'll, I'll actually broaden up that question, not just in tap, just in general. I, I feel like we're right now what I call the trick generation. And that is not a negative at all because the athleticism that's coming out of this generation and the things that they can do is unbelievable. You, we were making fun, like, we nailed that double pair away. Yeah, we got exactly. some applause. But I, I say that the, the generation, like our generation before, was more of what we called a performance generation. True. You know, and so, you know, the, for that jazz combo, the first eight counts were four walk coming forward, and we killed it. Like, you know, right. and I feel like what's happening right now is um, within tap, but also within any genre of dance, it's becoming about the steps. It's just becoming about executing the steps as opposed to the, the, the performance and the artistry that goes along with that step. Um, and I think sometimes in tap, people are like, look how fast I can go or look how I can throw this one trick down where, you know, back in the day, I would still throw a trick down, but I would build up to it so that the audience went ooh and ah. Like, I think that's getting lost a little bit. And, but to me, that's also the enjoyment of it is to open up, you know, I work my butt off, so I want them to open up and enjoy this with me, you know, as opposed to it's, it's a little more internal now. So, you know, and. And I always say this, if, if you're going to dance on stage, you, you already, you know, chose to dance for other people. You didn't choose to dance just for yourself. Now, now you can dance by yourself and put it on YouTube and then there you go. But dancing, as you know, a choreographer for television and movie is different than a choreographer for stage. And a lot of competitions are that. A lot of festivals are that where you dance on stage. <laughs> so you have to open up and let them in. So. So, Greg, I know we were talking earlier, and uh, mm -hmm. you told me that your first was a Broadway show. Uh, yeah, it was actually it was an equity uh, show. It was in it was based in Ohio in a dinner theater, but it was Forty Second Street. So I got a chance to do that when I was fifteen. So that was your first big big, big thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and was, then what did that lead to for you? Uh, a lot. Well, then I did Forty Second, and then uh, then from there I did Singing in the Rain, and this was like when I was still going to school and. Mom studio and doing competitions, ADA and all the good stuff. And, uh, yeah. and so um, after I graduated, I was 17, I moved out to Los Angeles, which was funny because I, I was going to go to New York, but I met uh, Bill Prudish at a workshop that I was the tap teacher and he was the jazz teacher. And uh, we went out and he's like, sounds like you got your, your stuff together, but he goes, have you ever been to LA? I was like, no, he's like, you should just at least visit it for three days, you know, just check it out see if it is for you and I and everyone always laughs when I say this so I went out there and I fell in love with it it was just amazing because it just had a different vibe to it and it was a little more open a little bit more of this and that and part of the why I ended up going out there obviously was because I wanted to study more in jazz and hip-hop and you know and uh, that type of thing but also too is um Part of it was tap, and everyone was like, whoa, 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 wait a second, tap, yeah, the mecca is, is New York, it's this. But what I noticed is that uh, at the time, and now it's gotten obviously much better, but at the time, you're either Broadway tapper or you're a hoofer. That was the, those were the two that you had to be, one or the other, one or the other. And that was the one thing Henry always, you know, he says, he goes, you're going to have a tough time fitting in either, you know, like there. And then when I went out to L.A., they always loved 
something new and different. It was always, let's, let's get something new. We need something fresh. We need, you know, this. And so I remember like, you know, tapping, like, you know, like for, I did like some small benefit show and they went ballistic, you know, cause they hadn't seen that, you know? And like the guys there was like, Oh, boom, that's, you know, that's kind of like Gene Kelly. It's kind of like Sammy Davis. It's kind of like, you know, they didn't know where to put me, you know? And, and that's where I'm funny. Met, how everybody yeah, has to have a category. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so, um, so yeah, I, that's actually from uh, my scholarship show. I met Kenny Ortega and then, uh, my first big job was Newsies. I started the next day after my show because really? I filled in for somebody. Yeah. But he was there, maybe saying happy birthday backstage. It's probably the worst rendition ever, but he's like, you bet you're a great dancer. We'll get you in there. So I ended up doing that. So that was my first big break, I guess, in LA. And then it just catapulted from there and did lots of cool jobs. And I mean, and what nice thing about it is, uh, one of uh, another mentor of mine, you know, that not for tap, but it was Charlie McGowan. Uh, he was Mike in a course line. And uh, I remember uh, he pulled me aside. We did a job together and he literally said to me, he goes, he goes, you got to understand. And he goes, not, not to be rude, but not a lot of people can do character jazz slash musical theater out here and like understand it. And he goes, you already have the knowledge of it. You have the history of it. So, you know, you should keep that in your back pocket here. And still to this day, like I did that VW commercial where it was uh, Gene and Donald dancing in the back of it. Like they were just sitting there doing that. And it was, a, it was actually a really cool thing where they, we had to do the whole choreography. We had to match it verbatim, like they're the original because they there. And then they just superimposed their heads on top of us. Like it was really good, but uh, I guess they had auditions and everybody was like, um, you know, I went into the director and I was just called in and he, he goes, uh, so we want you to be Donald O'Connor. And I was like, well, that, that's kind of broad though. What do you mean? And he looks at me strangely and he goes, well, what are you talking about? He goes, well, do you want make him laugh? Or do you want like the special that was on TV? And do you, do you want singing in the rain? You know, do you want Moses? But do you want this? And I forget the other movie. It leaves me right now. But like, he was like, or do you want something like that? It was like four different Donald O'Connors. And he looked at me straight in the eye and he goes, all right, you're hired. You're good. And I, and I literally was like, Wait, what? He goes, obviously, you know what you're talking about. So I'm, I'm sure you're dancing. It's you're going to be sitting down and tapping. So that part's probably going to be the easiest. He goes, I just, you're good. I like you. <laughs> that was it. Wow. It was just knowledge of, of other things. So yeah, it was pretty cool. <laughs> That's important for young dancers to know. And yeah. Well, know your history. Them. I always say, yeah. if you know your history, then you can use that and to create something new. And then you'll have, like I said before, you'll have the respect of your, the elders, but yet then you can create something brand new out of it, you know? So, yeah. So, uh, I know through the whole performing career, mm -hmm. you were teaching, yep. uh, mm -hmm. whether it was conventions, studios, you remember the first convention you taught on? It was, it wasn't it yours, but no, it was Dance Olympus. I thought at first, but was it yours? No, I don't know. I wasn't I think asking because it was. oh, no, no, I cause, knew. Well, because I know was it, it was Dance Olympus. I think uh, Nancy Narsen was after I was Mr. Dance Olympus. And it was... And how old were you? I think it was 17. Yeah, 17, yeah. Well, I remember actually... This you did you work that. for me. ADA, yeah, 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 yeah. summer I judge. Yeah, conventions, yeah, yeah. judge, It was judge, like the summer after that. <laughs> yeah, but Nancy and Art's... I remember you day. coming in your overalls one time. <laughs> Do you remember that? But I had a tie on. You <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You said it was a tie event. <laughs> Unique and different, always. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> so, uh, you, Art and Nancy, mm -hmm. uh, Dance Olympus, and then... It was, and then with LA Dance Force, that was prevalent for a long time. That was Bill and Randy, yeah, Larry, yeah, Carol yeah. Connors, Rhonda and Keith Clifton. Keith Clifton was another. Rhonda and Keith were great mentors. 
excuse me for me. And then uh, from there, I went to co-dance, company dance conventions. And I was there for like 11, 12 years. And then now I'm with Ash. So I seem to... You moved from one... Well, actually, no. Uh, LA Dance Force is no longer. Co-dance is no longer. So, <laughs> so now so I'm with So don't Ash. hire Greg <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Thanks for the support. <laughs> <laughs> I meant that in a loving way. <laughs> exactly. No. Um, no, he's awesome. Nah. I didn't mean it. I completely take it back. Nah. Um, we, we, what, what's still left that you'd love to see um, or do in tap dance or in your career? I feel like, uh, uh, and this is funny, you know how sometimes, what, what's the whole saying is that if somebody calls you a horse the first time, you kind of look at them strange. Somebody calls you a horse the second time, you look at them really strange. Third time somebody calls you a horse, go get a saddle because you're a horse. You know what I mean? I don't know if you ever heard that, but it's like, I kind of always love that saying. Um, I, recently I was around and I was, it was like, Sarah Reich and Melinda Sullivan and, and Derek Ryan, you know, like just some of the fun. We were all like hanging out. I don't, I forget where. I think it was at a tap festival or something there. And so we were going, and uh, uh, Sarah was the one. Oh, it was a, she does this uh, show at the Blue Typhoon in LA. That's what it was, right? And she introduced me to a couple of the people, and it's like, yo, this is, this is, uh, I've known him for so long. This is like, you know, used to be one of my teachers, but a really good friend, Greg, he's like the, the he's, he's like our teacher, like that. And, and I kind of like, I, I, I heard it and then I let it go. And then as I'm driving home, I'm like, like, wait, is they, and then I started realizing that a lot of these young hoofers coming up in the circle of tap look at me as the teacher, like that somebody who can break stuff down and I can still perform. I can still hoof. I can still choreograph and do that. But you know, if you want to learn, moving into it, right, right. Yeah. yeah. So I'm starting to realize that that would be a, a cool place to be like, you know, to fit into the community in my own way and own niche that I, I obviously I enjoy teaching. So doing that. And then, uh, I've also been coaching. Like, uh, I worked a little bit with Derek Huff and, uh, Seth McFarlane recently and I've had the pleasure like Bette Midler and Michael Jackson stuff. I really enjoyed that challenge. That's a fun one. What do you do in, let's say in a coaching session with one um, of these people? Pretty much. Cause a lot of, obviously they don't tap a lot, you know, um, it oh, just, so it's, it's tap dancing. Yeah. A lot of time it's tap dancing. Yeah. Sometimes it's more, you know, character jazz or stuff like that too. But, uh, um, there's usually a link of tap in there. And, uh, so it's nice cause it's to me, you know, like, I think you'll agree. We grew up mom studios that anybody can teach advanced, but if you can go in and teach like a younger dancer, or if you can go in and teach a true beginner and get them looking good, then you know, you're, that's you're satisfaction. An artist. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that's the, that's the challenge. People so. miss out on that. They uh -huh. don't know, you know, <laughs> yeah. they struggle to be artistic with the great dancers. When yeah. in reality, yeah, you got that girl to do a shuffle. Uh -huh. That's the difference on the right beat. Yeah. On the count. You are a genius. Yeah. You are an artist. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> I totally, uh, agree. So, uh, I know, uh, you have a new family. Tell us about uh, your new yeah. family before She's we a, close. A, my, my wife is from Alabama. She's also a dance teacher. She's um, amazing, like with younger kids preschool. She went to school and has a degree in that and stuff and business management and stuff. And then uh, so she's also artistic director at her studio down in Alabama. So she's very cool. So she gets this world. You know, she's very supportive of me. Is so. it her? Was it her parents' school? or did No, she, no, no. She, she got hired out of, uh, out of college. She got hired by a studio that was local within the area, and she's been there in now, I'm going to say this is their 13th season, and the uh, kids are really good. And I'm not just saying that. Like, they're really, I remember that was one of, one of the ways I met her is uh, I was asked to come to their studio uh, for part of a, like, dance workshop. And I just remember her kids, you know, and now knowing my wife, I can see, like, you know, it always starts from the top, just filters down. So uh, uh, she's really good. And then I got a little baby girl. She's eight months now. 
Lucy Claire. So, Lucy Claire. And uh, she's she's already. Uh, I'm so proud. I, she's got rhythm. Like she's she can she can hit with the beat of the song. <laughs> she's got that. I give her uh, toys and she plays drums. She loves that. So, so I'm not you, mad at that. No, wait. So would you want uh, <laughs> to see your daughter? I want to see land her. and dance. You know what? I, I I don't really have a preference. I really don't. And I'm not taking the easy way out of this. But she wants to be a rocket scientist. That's cool too. You know, yeah. I, I, I would just, I want her to be full out. You know, I want her to go full out 100% whatever she chooses to do. So. But do you check out her feet all the time? Uh, sure yeah, well, gonna... my wife does because she has my flat feet. So she hates that. <laughs> and my wife's more ballet and contemporary. So I'm like, we got to keep both. <laughs> yeah, there you <laughs> yeah. go. And so, nah. That's awesome. <laughs> I wish you the best. Thank you, man. I Thank you it. for being here. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Inspiring man. Thanks a lot. Thanks, man. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Ree and Greg on the Dance Life podcast. We'd love you to leave us a rating or review if you're enjoying the podcast. You can do that on iTunes. And of course, you can listen to us on Stitcher or Spotify. If you see any of our social media posts, we'd love you to share the love of the podcast with other people that you know would enjoy it. Until next time, thanks so much for listening and have a great day. Thank you for joining us for Ree Gold's Dance Life podcast. Learn more about joining the International Dance Entrepreneurs Association, the Dance Life Teacher Conference, and the Dance Life Retreat Center at regold.com or follow Regold's Dance Life on Facebook. Enjoy the journey. You've been listening to another Morgan Media production.